Hey, welcome to KSL Cafecito, the podcast where we talk all things culture over some nice cafecito. I'm Yvette Cruz. And I'm Shuel Caranas. Thanks for joining us. Today we're talking socioeconomic status and different representations in the media. That sounds like a mouthful. Mm. <laughs> Let me explain. Um, the beloved children's show Sesame Street recently introduced a storyline to help address homelessness, an issue that affects hundreds of thousands, possibly even millions of Americans on any given day. Lily, a seven-year-old Muppet, was introduced seven years ago to address food insecurity and child hunger. Back then, Lily's family didn't have enough to eat. Now, Lily has returned, and this time her family doesn't have a place to live. Here's a soundbite from the episode. We don't have our own apartment anymore, and we've been staying in all different kinds of places. Now, I had a lot of thoughts when I first heard about this storyline being featured on such an influential children's show. I know Sesame Street is known to tackle important topics, but this one really got me thinking about how homes and families and even that socioeconomic status is portrayed on TV shows and how it was when I was growing up and the influence that it had on me. So I wanted to kick off this conversation by asking you, Shoal, first, how did you feel when you found out that Sesame Street was attempting to tackle homelessness? And then second... How would you have reacted to this storyline when you were a kid? Uh, when I first heard about it, I wasn't surprised in the sense of Sesame Street has been doing this for a while, has tackled kind of like what you mentioned, these issues. I, I was happy because it is something that uh, we see, and I don't have the numbers on me specifically here, but we know that homelessness is, is in many parts of the country growing mm-hmm. and uh, amongst families. I, I think a lot of times we think as a society when it comes to homelessness, we just think of the individual person that is out in the street or, or man, woman, whoever. But some, a lot of times it's also families and it's not the homelessness that you think about that you see them at a bus station or at insert wherever it's here. A lot of times they are call it couch surfing, call it whatever. They're just but it is homelessness. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that that Sesame Street is, is bringing that up. And, and if I would have reacted to this as a kid, I think back and. I definitely would have just quickly gone to my mom and asked, why is that person, why can't they have a home? Just the explanation of how things work, because I wouldn't know, like, shouldn't everybody have a home? Isn't that how things work? And even though as a kid, like, I grew up in uh, New Jersey, and I grew up actually right across the river from New York City. So we would go into New York every weekend, and we would see a lot of, even as I can remember a seven and eight-year-old, I can remember seeing a lot of homeless people, but I didn't really question it. I just felt like they just lived there. I know that sounds really weird, but that's mm-hmm. just how I, I just felt, well, they live out in the streets. They just, but I, it didn't to me seem like it was bad. It just seemed like that's, that's how things were. So, and a lot of kids, maybe whether they think like this, they just, obviously kids are innocent and they don't know how things work. And sometimes it is, it does take, whether it's Sesame Street or whether it's been other shows in the past to explain these things and explain it in a very sensitive ma- manner that is not necessarily exposing them to something very maybe like complicating it like too much mm-hmm. like obviously you, you, you don't have to sit down with your seven-year-old and explain everything on how social economics work and things like that yeah. obviously but so maybe they will have the question of curiosity is like why is that man or why is that woman out on the street or why is that person sleeping there and to have sesame street open it up after reading all this and and, and going back to their history of what they've done i tip my cat to them obviously i wish we lived in a society that's Shows like this didn't have to explain things, but that would be, that's just wishful thinking, unfortunately. I don't know about you, but I I, I don't know. I felt, I guess, kind of happy that we have at least the producers, the writers of the show kind of come in and say, you know what? There are some topics that are a little tough for parents to kind of how to explain them. So we're, we're explaining the reality instead of just not mentioning it. They will at least try to introduce it to try to have the kid understand that 
maybe they're one of their classmates, whether they're in first grade or whatnot, maybe they're going to that situation. And I think a lot of times, like, maybe even just trying to prevent bullying, trying to prevent, trying to help yeah. them understand the idea that, like, just because somebody doesn't have a home, that doesn't mean that they're less of a person. It's not their fault. So yeah. I just want to get your thoughts as well on, on this. Yeah, well, I I like how they're approaching it. So like you said, homelessness isn't just being out on the streets. And I think that's what a lot of people think it is. And I didn't learn this until a few years ago that there are. that's why it's so hard to get an exact number on homelessness because it's also hard to define. You know, they it, it means not having a home. And so there are people who are living in shelters. So they're not necessarily living on the streets. There are people who are living on the streets and there are people who haven't gone to shelters or this you know they haven't gone to this they haven't gone to that extent they have somewhere to stay but it's not their own home um i don't know if that counts i I don't know how specific they get i know sometimes you can stay with with friends like family friends i don't know if it counts if you're staying with family necessarily you know um but i know that there are a lot of instances where people don't have their own home and so i like how they're addressing it and obviously it's sesame street it's a children's show so they're not going to i doubt they would just you know, the the, peop- the the people or the Muppets would find one of their main characters or someone out on the street and just, right. you know, like, obviously, like, I think th- obviously they're very sensitive about how they approach it. So I like that they I like the way that they approach it and saying that she says we don't have our own apartment anymore. We are we've been staying in, in a lot of different places, whether that's with with family. And I think that they do address that in the show, like the the character is staying with one of the human characters, like the, her family is staying with that human character. Mm. And they may have also stayed in shelters. And so I like that because that's something that you don't really you don't really think about as a kid unless that's your situation. So. I don't remember the first time I grew up in a suburb. I, I grew up in Provo, Utah, and I don't remember seeing a lot of homeless people. I, I don't think you really see a lot of homeless people right. in suburbs as much as you do in like a big city. So I don't remember the first time. I remember going to Mexico with my family as a kid, and I remember seeing people people out on the street asking for money. I don't remember if that was the first time. I don't remember if the, I asked I mean, I'm sure I was curious because I was always asking questions, but I, and if, and even if I had asked, I don't remember an explanation. And so I don't remember how I learned about it exactly, but I know that it wasn't portrayed on a lot of stuff that I watched growing up. A lot of the shows, and this could also be just like what I specifically watch, but a lot of the shows tended like sitcoms and just, you know, TV shows, they tended to portray families, one with two parents. So you have two incomes. Two parents, and usually they were in big houses. Even if someone was an only child, you know, they lived in a very large house. And obviously it's TV, and so it's a set. It's not an actual house. It's like that's how they're portraying. But I didn't grow up like that. And and I didn't, you know, I never went without anything. I was very blessed. But I remember that being something that stood out to me. The whole, like, the difference in status. And I guess wondering why that is. And, and, you know, I don't know if, if you experienced that at all with the things that you watched. Yeah, like, so growing up watching, like, I grew up watching Family Matters. I grew up watching, like, shows like Full House and things like that. And they all have a, uh, Full House didn't have a mom because the storyline was that the That's mom true. was killed in like, a car accident, I think. Yeah. Um, so they grew up, but they grew up with, like, two other uncles, of course, we, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, we know, we know the storyline, yeah. uh, how it goes. But for me, when I would see a show that had a dad, because I grew up without, I grew up basically all my life without my father. It wasn't necessarily, uh, it was just different. And like, I would see these things like families with two cars and mm-hmm. this big old house. And for me, it's not that I never got, I never felt like jealousy or nothing like that. Like, oh, I wish we had that. Like, I felt like fortunately, you know, 
God bless my mom. She was able to provide for us. There are tough times, definitely, but it was, but we never, she gave us everything that she could, you know, mm-hmm. and, and still to this day. For me, when it came to like seeing some of these shows, I, I felt like I was just laughing more at the situation, not necessarily everything else that was with it. Like, come, mm-hmm. like family members did have like a mom and a dad and all that stuff, but I just kind of, I was more focused on, on the storyline, on the storyline and, and, and things like that. And I don't know about you, but getting back to kind of the, when we talked about homelessness for me, and I could be wrong as well, but whenever a TV shows or movies that I would see that would discuss homelessness, uh, they would always portray it almost as comical sometimes. Really? Yeah, they would always portray yeah, it as comical. Yeah, you know con- what? That, that makes sense right now. Like, they were just the, unfortunately, they were just the homeless, quote-unquote, drunk. Sometimes there would be mm-hmm. movies that would portray people like that, and they would use it more for comical bits, like certain movies and, 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 and things like that. And so, for me, I just think about it. I think about even just like... Uh, one of my favorite movies now, because I, I get the jokes now more, is like the 19, I think it's like 1985, 1986, like Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. There's a scene where there are two people who are homeless that are kind of comical. There's like a comical kind of part to it. And I've seen other shows and movies that, that, that portray that. But we never saw families. Like, I don't know about you, but I can't remember a TV show that discussed the homeless family. I've seen it discuss a homeless person, man, woman, but not necessarily an actual family. It doesn't have to be a big family, but just even like a dad with his son or daughter. I'm, I yeah. can't remember one. I, I remember. I do not bring that up. I do remember, and I don't remember in detail, but I remember watching... And this is after the fact, like this is probably reruns at the time, but I watched Saved by the Bell and there was this Christmas episode. I think it was, yeah, it was like a holiday episode because they were at the mall and stuff. And Zach, Zach Morris, who was like known as the ladies man in the show, he meets a girl in at the mall or something. And then I think he learns, oh, I do you remember, remember that? And he episode. learns that yes. she and her dad are, are homeless, right? Yeah, they're living in their car. Yeah. And yeah. then the dad gets sick or, or the girl gets sick, the dad gets sick or something happens. But, you know, obviously in this, in this, in this episode, I don't remember how it ended, but I'm pretty sure since it was saved by the bell, it was probably resolved by the end. Yeah. They, they find a way to help I, out. I think the, at the end, yeah, they like, they help him out. And I think Zach gets his dad to like help. The other dad, like, oh, get a job okay. or something. Oh, like yeah, because I think, I, I think there's a scene where, like, the dad, like, he appears to be more, I guess, homeless or just, you know, I, he appears to be struggling. Mm-hmm. And I think Zach makes a comment or something about the guy with the girl, not knowing that that's her dad. And then somehow, you know, he learns that. Right. That that's their family. And I don't remember if it explained how they got to that situation. Right. But even then... And I don't remember how old I was when I saw this episode, but I do remember it. it obviously, it's a Christmas episode, and they, they don't address this in every episode. So it was nice that they did address it. I remember, I mean, I learned something from it. I do, I do remember that, but I, I can think of that example. And then I remember also one of the shows that I really liked growing up and that I still sometimes watch reruns of is Boy Meets World. Hmm. And in Boy Meets World, it they did kind of bring up the whole the, the socioeconomic status, like the differences of status, because you have the, the main character, Corey Matthews, who has, you know, the two parents, he has the home, he never really struggles and as, as a child. And, you know, that, that never really is, is an issue. But his best friend, Sean Hunter, is very different in class, very different in, you know, he doesn't have he, he and he mentions this a lot. He lives in a trailer park. He goes back and forth between having one parent at the time because the other parent leaves. Mm. Um, at, at some point, he ends up staying with a teacher. You know, there's there's a lot of other things, but but I think, it, it, like you said, the whole comical thing, sometimes it was comical. Like, they mm-hmm. tried to make it comical, or I guess maybe it was him laughing at his own situation. Like, he would joke around about it a lot, but 
I think it was every now and then it was addressed and the whole like, like I think I remember there was this Thanksgiving episode where like the families have to get together, like the, the, the best friends decide that they want to get their families together and the families feel the whole, like I think Sean's family feels more like we're going to have those people come here to our home and they have this huge home and we have, you know, we don't even have, what's it called? Like the, the, what is it called? What you eat on? Sorry, the plates like the, yeah, yeah. they don't even have like a matching set. And mm. so like they're, they're worried how the, they're, they're going to be portrayed. And so that episode kind of touched on, and I'm sure there were other ones, but then at the end, they obviously like it was resolved at the end. You realize that it's, it's about who you're with and right. not the things that you have and the money that you have in the bank and all that stuff. Like it's about the kind of person that you are and how you treat others. And so there was a message in that one, but you're right. It was, it was kind of, it was kind of comical in some senses or it was like there was never like a, an entire show, at least that I can remember. And if I'm missing one, I apologize. But there was never a show that I can remember where, I, you you know, you continue to see the differences and, right. you, and you continue to try to understand them, at least yeah. that I can remember. And I, and I think part of it is just um, obviously comedy and the way things are portrayed on, in media have, have changed. They always change throughout the years. And I think now we are more... I don't know if the word sensitive it is, but we're more aware. Some people will say woke um, when it comes mm-hmm. to even just media, not not necessarily just as a society. Mm-hmm. So we don't see that much anymore. I don't. I can't think of a show that's portraying people that are homeless or even struggling in a comical sort of way. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, at least that that I can think of, um, and and that's good. I think that we do we do need to raise awareness, and we do need to continue saying that this is not this is, hasn't gone away. Like this isn't going away, and this is not this has never been funny. And at the same time, we do we still need to mention the media because kind of getting back to what we were talking about with the intro with Sesame Street. Sometimes shows do bring up these topics, and not just yeah. to kids, sometimes to adults as well. Yeah. Sometimes we do need to be, I guess, reminded. Or educated. Via, yeah, we need to be yeah educated again. Uh, about this, I, I I was reading a little bit uh, last night about this article that uh, that you presented, and also just some of the history that Sesame Street has kind of done with these issues. I forgot what year it was. I forgot if it was in the eighties or what. But there was an actor in Sesame Street, or an actress, I think it was actor, who passed away. The actor oh. passed away, and so the character passed oh. away. Oh, okay. Um, and so that they couldn't they couldn't do it. Obviously, the 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 actor has died, and so what they did is they decided to do a funeral. And they kind of did like a little funeral and they had the people of the neighborhood just kind of come out out of their apartments or whatnot and be out in the street and like talking about good things about uh, this neighbor. And they're kind of as an homage, like the actors doing an homage to their fellow actor who had just passed away. But they wanted to, the writers decided to tie it in because they felt like from what I was reading that they just can't just like not mention like this mm-hmm. character anymore. Kids are watching this on a weekly or a daily basis and they're going to notice that so and so and I forgot I forgot the actor's or the character's mm-hmm. name but uh, is not there anymore. So what they did is they had uh, Big Bird who is arguably the main character the main mm-hmm. Muppets in in Sesame Street ask, "Well, where's Mr. so and so?" And and then and then one of the other actors of uh, humans uh-huh. says, "Well, he died." And then they had Big Bird like not understand what that meant. Yeah. Like Oh, like so, a child. Yeah, yeah, like a child. And like, and I kept saying, like, when's he coming back? And then I was like, he's, he's not coming back. Aww. And like, for a lot of people just reading that, for a lot of kids, that was their first introduction to what death means. What does yeah. it mean to die? What it means when somebody dies? And I think obviously a parent should be responsible to at some point, obviously teaching them how, what that is. You know, yeah. well, at least the basics of it, obviously. Right. We don't need, no. But, but then again, some parents, I mean, 
Some parents don't. Some parents don't, or some parents refuse to, or some parents don't understand that that, or some parents maybe don't know when. I, I know I am not a parent, so I have no say whatsoever, but I know that that would, I don't know how I would begin to explain that. So, right. so yeah, sh- having shows like that, having shows represent, or I guess take an opportunity and make it a learning opportunity and then address it in such a sensitive and gentle and careful way. And, and I don't think there's perfection in anything. You know, maybe they're, maybe they look back and think we could have done this better or maybe not. Maybe it was just per- perfection as it was, but I like that they're taking the opportunity to, to make that a teaching moment. I know shows like Mr. Rogers, Mr. Yeah. Rogers neighborhood, you know, yeah. they also, they also try to teach kids things and I don't, but the thing is like, I don't remember and, and I, I know I watched these shows when I was a little. I don't know how, when I stopped at some point, but I don't remember. Like my memory doesn't take me back to learning these things on those shows. My memory has taught me like in other shows, like shows that I may, I, maybe I should have been watching. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe it just maybe it just like influenced me a lot more. Right. But I don't remember. I'm I'm grateful for th- them doing that. And, you know, if I ever have kids, yes, I'd want them to learn. I want them to learn from me, but also, you know, have these shows teach them certain things like that. But I can't tell you that those stuck to me. So I also think it's important for not just children's shows to do that, but even shows that like I'm thinking about comedy shows and, you know, comedy shows are about comical moments and they're there because the audience wants to laugh. But think of how much more powerful it is for a comedy to bring up kind of a heavy issue in a top in like us in in their show and then you know maybe maybe the viewer isn't laughing the entire time maybe this one is kind of like maybe it struck stri- like it strikes a i don't know if, i know like i'm sorry i was gonna say it strikes a bigger chord i don't know if that's the actual reference mm. but maybe it just hits you a little harder right. because i remember like i'm not like this this really just takes me back to like what i'm what i've like how i've learned certain things and what sh- what shows and episodes really stuck with me mm. and this this even continues to happen now in shows that i'm still watching that are new or whatever but one of the shows that i i watched when i was younger and i, I rewatch it all the time was the golden girls okay um i it's a show about like older i don't know you've ever yeah. heard of it but like it's, it's it's a show that was made i think in the late 80s or mid 80s or late 80s i watched it in like the mid 90s maybe early 2000s so thank I, you I think, for being a friend <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah um but like i no, it was a very popular I show loved, back in the day I, and my sister and i just really liked watching it i don't know what we like we like we were kids mm-hmm. and we were watching a show about four older women who were roommates <laughs> and like you know got into shenanigans and and so i don't know maybe we shouldn't have watched but I, I I still watch it now, and I just like think certain. Yeah, there are certain episodes that I would that I think back now. I'm like, hmm, maybe that was you know obvious. Obviously, it was a different time, and so you know now, like we've, you've said before, people are more woke, and and you maybe you wouldn't write something the same way. But but I, I remember like my sister and I would just laugh so hard at some of the some of the moments and some of the you know. There's also friendship in there, family. But one of the episodes again that tackled homelessness, or at least attempted to real like it, it was is a comedy. So. You were laughing every single episode, but there was this one episode where to just kind of go over the plot quickly, like they win a lottery, like they, they, they do a scratch off ticket or something and they win like between the four of them, they win like $10,000. And so it was like, you know, they're excited in the beginning and they win the money and they accidentally put the ticket or the, I guess they put the ticket in like a coat pocket or something and the coat gets donated. So then the coat, like they lose the coat. So then in the beginning, it's like them trying to get the coat back and get the ticket because they want their $10,000. And so somehow the coat ends up at a homeless shelter. And so they're forced to go to the homeless shelter so they could get the coat. And they think it's going to be something simple. They think they're just going to ask for the jacket. And when they get there, there's like a misunderstanding. And they, um, like the person in charge of the homeless center, I think it was a priest or, you know, I think the person in charge mistakes them for being homeless or needing a place to stay for the night. And they don't want to come off as like, you know, so they're like, okay, we're just going to stay here. We're going to stay for the night. We're just going to look for the jacket. Like we're going to pretend we need, you know, so they kind of like, it's kind of coming. But then like after that, 
it turns it just it's, it's very serious like they each kind of split up and they each talk to somebody who's at the homeless shelter and kind of learn about them and their situation and how they got there and so there's someone who's a young you know he's got to be a guy in his 20s and then there's an older man who is from a completely different state and somehow ended up like he bonds over someone else like he bonds over like where he's from with someone and he ended up there and then there's even someone who was a friend of one of the the older women like they they're friends and she's like how did you end up here and it's like you know, she's an older woman and she's at this shelter. And yeah. so they kind of just like really realize how fortunate they are and that anybody could kind of end up like that. And there's even a line that somebody says, and I'm paraphrasing, but in the show, somebody says, you'd be surprised just how many people are a few paychecks away from being homeless. Yeah, And that's so true. Even now, like that's something that we don't, we don't really talk about enough. We don't, maybe you don't want to talk about it if you're in that situation. But the fact that that show that was a comedy did try and tackle that issue. And that episode, like I remember it so well, clearly in my mind, like that episode really stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And that's a line that's always kind of stuck with me too, is that you don't know what people's situations are and how, I know it's easy for some people to say like, oh, like why are, how did, how did that family end out there, uh, end up there? Like with their kids, how do they not have a place to provide? Or how do they not have enough to provide for their kids? Like they should be able to do that. Maybe some people think that, but right. you it's, don't really know. No, you don't, you don't really know. know the situation. And I don't know how families are talking to their kids or I don't know how people are talking to each other about it. I don't know if you think it's better to know, to know that these situations exist or if you think ignorance is bliss. When it comes to like as a as a youth, is that what you're like? Is that the question? Yeah. Like, kind of like well, and even some adults. Do, like I guess some people have just been so fortunate that they've right. never had to think about things like that, and so the only way that they learn is from the media. Yeah, and my at least for me, my hope is that parents nowadays are talking. I think for like a kid, you know, seven years old, eight years old, I think you can at least explain them what being homeless is, but you yeah. don't have to. You don't have to kind of warn him or her about what's the consequences of what could be being homeless things like that i think that could yeah. wait i think as sure. as a teenager maybe when you're 13 when your kid is 13 or 14 you could begin explaining them a little bit more about the process because i think around then they're going to start having the idea of thinking about how to work and what it is to earn a paycheck and things like that and those are little lessons that you can say like mm-hmm. you know this is what i as as as, as your father you know this is what we do this is how things work this is why it's important to you know, work hard and to et cetera, you know, whatever speech you want to give, but kind of giving those little lessons there because I, I, I think that, um, that term with ignorance is bliss. Yes, it is. Sometimes it is bliss, definitely. But I think nowadays with everything, and I know we blame social media for everything, but it's not just social media. Yeah. But like with just the information, the information that's out there on the internet, it doesn't have to be yeah. Twitter or Facebook. Um, you know quickly what can it be to be homeless. And I think it's just better to quickly nip it in the bud mm-hmm. and, 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 Tell your son or tell your daughter about those things when they're teenagers and, and, and what it can mean and, and how it is tough. Now, I know recently we see news about how the economy is doing well. Well, this is and I'm not trying to go any political parties here, but that's a little bit actually more deceiving than what it seems like, because a lot of those are part time jobs. Right. A lot of those are part-time jobs, which is fine. I mean, a lot of us, maybe we need a side hustle or some people make two part-time jobs into their full-time job and that's fine. But, par- you know, but two part-time jobs, most part-time jobs don't, uh, don't have benefits. Right. So you could have two part-time jobs and then hopefully nothing happens to you or your family because how are you going to pay for it? Right. And, 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 and that's the thing. So even though we might be hearing from TV or we might be hearing numbers wise that like we're doing fine and everything is like that. Hey, it, things can change. I mean, I think back even just years ago when, uh, we were having our, the great recession, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was a time where a lot of people, 
I don't think realized how bad it was.、Mm-hmm. But now looking back at it, almost ten years later, it was pretty bad,、wow. and it was just pretty. There were a lot of people that went. There were a lot of businesses, and not just big businesses. There were a lot of small businesses that were just done for. And yes, with companies like Amazon and other ones that are taking over, that's a whole other topic. But、mm-hmm. it does make it tougher. But I think to recognize more that not only the importance of paycheck. I think we all know that a paycheck is important. However, it's how quickly things can change, and maybe it's not like it was in the 1980s or even the 1990s, where you hear stories about people they're starting in a company in 1990 and they're going to be there basically for 30 years.、Mm-hmm. It's now very rare that we hear somebody say that they're going to be at a company for 30 years. Like let's say they end. Or at age thirty, or right, age thirty-five, you like, don't even know if that company will be around. You don't know if they're、yeah. going to want you around. So it's even like a like even us who have jobs, I guess, and even people, even maybe someone listening who has a job, like everyone, I guess you could say deep down may have a job insecurity because you don't know that. You'll have that job in two weeks, and what will you do if you if you lose your job? And and maybe some of us will bounce back faster. But I mean, I think about the people with families, yeah, and maybe even single parents with families that、like、you, you don't have someone else to rely on.、Mm-hmm. And I would think that hopefully a lot of people have people around them, have family, and have people or friends who would help them out, even just like giving them a place to stay or you know lend, lending them some money or just kind of helping them out. But some people don't even have that. You know, some people、yeah. are literally alone in a city or somewhere, and they don't know what they would do. Yeah, I remember a story that I heard from、um, somebody at the diversity. Center when I was at、uh, my alma mater, they said that they had their best friend was living with them because、mm-hmm. she was homeless. And just me, out of curiosity, I asked, "Oh, like that's you know unfortunate?" And because there is it, there's not family around. Because I, I did ask, I was like, "Is there not a family around to kind of help her out?" And what I was told is like, "Oh no, like she had her aunt or her step aunt, something like that. It was not a mother. It was not a father. It was other.、Mm-hmm. Uh, they passed away.、Oh. And They had like six months where where she was living at, where, where giving her an opportunity to like kind of stay there. Yeah. But that six months ran out,、oh. and so and she wasn't able to pay. I mean, when you're a college student, paying rent is, I, I think, yeah, it's it's really tough, if not yeah, impossible, to try to pay rent、yeah. while you're in school, unless you're living on campus, and then that's well, di- even then you got to pay for that. Yeah. Yeah,、um, unless and, you're scholarship, but yeah, and so you really are. It could just be one person that is either they lose their job or they pass away. And you can be in a tough circle, and I think maybe I don't know about you, but for me, as a kid, I did think there had to be a lot of when I began to learn a little bit more about. And this was really more just like learning from things on TV and things like that. I never really had my mom sit down and tell me what being homeless was, but.、Mm-hmm. In my mind, as a kid, I thought, okay, there had to been certain circumstances. There had to be like almost check marks that、oh. had to happen to a person to be without to a home.、There? Yeah.、Uh-huh. And now, obviously, as you get older, you realize there is no list. It could just be one thing, and that's it. And that's it. That makes me wonder. I don't know if you can tell me, and if you if you know, but I want to ask you. Growing up, when did you first realize, or when did you first? Kind of know your family's socioeconomic status. Like, was there ever a moment where you were like, "This is, you know, whether it's, you know, we're wealthy or we're we're poor or we're working class or we're like, was there ever a moment where you it hit you like you just whether it was good or bad, but like that you it hit you what you what your family's you know status was. Uh, I think it hit me. It began to hit me. There wasn't a really a moment where it just kind of completely crossed over. For I didn't know, so I didn't know. It began to kind of grow a little bit when I was around seven years old. My cousins they moved. They were living in South New Jersey. 
Uh, we were in North New Jersey. They moved to this little town called Ocean Gate, which is a very beautiful, right on the coast of the Atlantic. It's very nice beaches. And my aunt and uncle were living in a pretty cool house. I think actually it was a, a duplex. But I remember we would go visit and the houses around them, not necessarily theirs. Theirs was nice. It was, but it was more like an apartment, but the houses around there mm-hmm. were amazing. And I just looked at them and I would just think to myself, like, why can't we live here? But I never asked my mom because I was also a very quiet kid. I always mm-hmm. kept most of my questions to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I would wonder, like, these are really nice houses. They were like two blocks away from the beach and right. all of this. And it just looked great. And every time we would go back where we were living at, yeah, we we're living in a really bad apartment complex mm-hmm. with a lot of problems there. Mm-hmm. And it was little by little that that began to hit me. Then when we moved here from New Jersey out here to Utah, I noticed that there were not very many apartment buildings. And I would ask myself, like, why? Mm Because when I came out here, I was nine. Mm -hmm. And I remembered I did ask once my mom asked, like, where's the city? Like, where's the big city? (laughs) And my mom just looked at me and she's like, they don't really have a city. Like, they have a city a couple of miles down, like a bigger city. Talking about Salt Lake City. Oh, because you moved to Ogden, right? I moved to Ogden. Okay. Yeah, because I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, this isn't a town. Or this isn't a city. This is like, I felt like it was a little stop. Kind of like what we would stop in New Jersey. There are a lot of smaller towns Uh, on your way to another bigger city. Yeah. But well, because you grew up like right next to New York, so yeah, you were, we grew like, up with housing projects. We grew up in yeah, like in just concrete, America, and yeah. and there were a yeah. lot of trees. And I'm like, oh my goodness, there's wow. a lot of trees here. Yeah. But then it began to hit me, and then as I continued to get older, I was 10 and I was 11. My mom, I think I was 11 or 12 years old. My mom got her job at Weber State. She ended up working there for over 20 years, and our social economic status changed. Okay. We began getting well. She began getting more money, getting paid more, and I realized that um. We used to go to a federal building over in Jersey City, in New Jersey, to go get something. And I didn't know what it was. Me and my brother would always just go play. We were like playing in this federal building, kind of like in this lobby area. What I didn't know is my mom was getting her food stamps. Mm -hmm. And we were getting free bread. And we were getting, I do remember getting the free bread. I remember getting the free peanut butter. But it just didn't, I thought that was a normal thing. Mm -hmm. And it was when I moved out here and I began. And then my mom's economic status changed where I realized, Oh my goodness, like we were really poor. And how old were you when uh, you when I began? Uh, I was nine when and I moved out here. And then when she got the job back? When she, I, I think I was like 11 or 12. So there was okay. two years where we were still kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But then she got the job and then like things changed. Yeah. Like meals began to change. And my mom never ended up buying a home. She just didn't want, it, it was mm-hmm. just always been my mom. So she never wanted to buy a home necessarily. But I just remember realizing that like, oh my goodness, we were poor. And mm-hmm. it just kind of, it made me feel a little bad for myself. Like, it made me feel bad for my mom, you know, that what was going on. I knew we were going through tough times, especially with everything that was happening with my father. But it just didn't, I felt like that was everybody's, like, wasn't everybody like that? That's at least what I thought. Yeah. I thought New Jersey was like the world to an extent. I thought yeah. that's how everybody was living because everybody was living in a tight apartment mm-hmm. with vermin, with everything, all the terrible things that were going on. I thought everybody was living like that. And only like the rich people we'd see on TV, like, oh, they live somewhere. They're like living in, in Central land. Park or something yeah. like that. But I don't know. That that was my kind of wake up call. And then realizing that my mom didn't have food stamps, I would see the mm-hmm. food stamps. But I thought, doesn't everybody? Right. But that wasn't the case. But I don't know about you. Is there Was there any time that there was a, whether, I don't want to call it a breakthrough, but just like you began to question more about kind of your surroundings when it comes to socioeconomic? 
So I can't remember like a specific time, like like how you mentioned, but I do remember being aware a lot. Um, and I think a lot of it, so a lot of it did have to do with what I watched on TV. I watched a lot of TV as a kid, probably more than I should have. <laughs> but then I got into reading books and that was a little better, but I still watch a lot of TV. And I, I, so I would see things there. But even then, like you can, you can say that TV is like, fantasy it's you know it's like this other land it's not real you can at least you can sort of make that argument but I do remember having friends when I was like in elementary school having friends who were definitely of different socioeconomic statuses I guess you could say they when they had the two-parent household so I didn't understand this like I understand this so much now but I remember when I would ask my mom why because I was I was that kid I was always asking questions and so I would like probably drive my mom crazy but I when I would ask her like well why does why don't we have this or why you know, does so-and-so have this and we, you know, and I can't have this. And so my mom would say a lot, like, because so-and-so, they have two incomes Mm. and we don't have two. We have one income and that's just how it is. And so, and and, and I, I would understand, but not really. So now I really understand what that means. But I remember like going over to my friend's house, like my friend's houses, like different friends. And they all, like, it was completely different. I was born in California and we lived in an apartment until we moved to Utah, to Provo, Utah, when I was four. And when I was, and we moved here, we stayed with my aunt for a few weeks, I think, and then we got an apartment. So we lived in an apartment for a few months, maybe a year. I don't remember the details, but from there we moved into a basement apartment. Mm. So, and we lived there for, I think, until I was like, uh, so from the time I was like four or five to the time I was 12. Oh, okay. Or third, no, yeah, 12, right? Yeah, 12. So, and it was this little, I mean, it was just my mom, my sister, and I, and it was a two-bedroom. My sister and I shared a room, and it was this tiny little basement apartment. And so we didn't have a front yard. And, to you know, to get to the house, like, you'd have to, you have to go through to the end of the driveway and then go down the stairs. And uh-huh. so, you know, we didn't have a mailbox. We didn't have, like, you know, a white picket fence. We didn't have that. And so that's what I would see on TV. And not, not just that, but I would go to my friends' houses who had two-story houses and a front yard and a backyard wow. and, you know, their own bedroom or just they had they had a lot more than I did. And obviously, if I could talk to myself now and, like, you know, talk to that kid and tell her, like, it's okay. But, like, I didn't understand that at the time. Right. And so I remember, like, knowing that and wondering, like, why? And, like, we never went without. Like, don't get me wrong. We never – I was never hungry. I was never cold. None of that. Mm. And I was very lucky for that. But – and I know my mom worked really hard to make that all happen. But I just – I didn't get it as a kid. Mm. And – but when I was 13, we moved – we actually moved next door. So oh. we moved into a house next door. Yeah. So I lived on the same block like for a, a <laughs> long time. Nice. And so the, so the house next door, it was, it was an entire house. So there was a front yard and a backyard and like not a huge front yard or, you know, a huge backyard, but it was, it was there. There was a porch. There was a little porch and it was an older house. It wasn't anything brand new. But like even now that I think, and I was so excited, like I was mm. so excited to be living in a house. I don't know because maybe when you're a kid, you think those things matter, mm. but I was really excited and right. um, I was going to get my own room for a little bit. Oh, and like, and my I was sister, I, too, yeah, like, I was, I got my own room for a while. You know, after a while, my sister, you know, things change. And so obviously my sister and I ended up sharing a room after a while. But but I did have my own room for a while. And that was, I mean, that was huge, I guess, to me because I could do whatever I wanted in it. And I was just so excited. And then like, but now that, I, you know, and even, I guess even then, like my mom was very hesitant in doing it. I remember because I'm sure she was worried about how are we, how am I going to pay for this? Not we, how is she going to pay for it? Right. So I do remember that that house was, it was sort of like a two houses. It was a house upstairs and upstairs it was just two bedrooms. Mm. And then downstairs, it was kind of like a basement apartment downstairs. So there, because there was another kitchen downstairs. So, and there was kind of like a separate, like you had to go down the street, there was like a door. So it could be separate if you wanted to, or it could be open. Mm. And so when we first moved in, it was my mom, my sister, me, and then a friend of my mom's. And so we, we all had our own rooms. And I think my mom's friend was helping, you know, obviously she, she helped out and paid 
some rent and and I didn't understand the numbers and, and now I'm really curious and I, I guess I would go back to my mom and ask her like how much was all this and and how much were you making because I'm, I'm curious but I do remember I, I obviously I think I pushed too like I was like yes we should do it because I obviously wasn't thinking about what this meant I was thinking you know this means we have a house now yeah. and we have a driveway and and I know my mom struggled I know she struggled because she was paying that house and, and you know things changed and then at one point we did we, we did move and we moved into I mean obviously we grew up too so my sister grew up and she moved out and so my mom and I moved to somewhere else and so there was there were a lot of things that changed but I do remember comparing my lifestyle to my friends when I was you know 10 10 years old I guess and and seeing that they had like I, I guess more than because again I never went like I always had clothes like I, my shoes never had holes and if they did I don't I don't think they did but if they did I, they were my only pair of shoes and I know some kids go through that they yeah. don't have a jacket for the winter or they they have holes in their shoes and clothes and that's all they have and I never experienced that but I was still comparing my life to other kids' lives right. and and I just I guess I didn't understand and and I didn't. And I didn't, I didn't understand why, and I didn't understand how. Even though I guess you could say my life was was better than a lot of other people's, um, because I do remember kids that I went to school with. Not a lot, but I do remember. Like I can remember at least one kid who had holes in his shoes, mm. and I think he would joke around about it. Like he would make light of it. Maybe oh. that's all he could do. Yeah. And nobody, I don't remember someone making fun of him, and maybe someone did, but I don't remember it. But he would, like, he would make fun of himself, kind of. But like now that I think about it, you know, why why wouldn't he put on another pair of shoes if those had holes in them? Because he probably didn't have another pair. Right. Like looking back now, I I can I can recognize all that and I can see that and even like you know where I am and now like I, I am careful to compare my like my when I'm my, and when I say life I'm talking about like things you know like whether it's the car I drive I don't care what car I drive now and I don't care where I live now as long as I have somewhere to live but I did care a lot when I was a kid and it was because one my friend my friends around me. They, it seemed like they, I mean, they did have more, and I mean that's okay. But like back then, you know, I, 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 it was very apparent to me. And two, it was because of what I was seeing on TV too. So to me, it, it almost seemed like I did feel alone. Like I thought like we were the only ones who are going through this because you know we also lived by some houses that were you know pretty nice and pretty big, and we would drive by. And I remember thinking like, oh, I wonder what the house looks like on the inside. And I just remember like wanting for some reason I really wanted stairs. Like I wanted to go right. up and down stairs. Like that to me was meant something. Mm-hmm. I don't care now. But, yeah, like, that was just very apparent. Let me ask you out of curiosity, would you say TV had any kind of influence on it? Because I think of, like, for example, like, stairs, like, every sitcom that I can think of minus, I'm not even trying to think, like, all of them had, like, a two-story house to an extent. Right, like, well, I'm thinking even like, even, even like, Full House, which is one of the big ones. Like, they lived in San Francisco. Yeah. We all know how expensive of a city <laughs> San Francisco is, and they were That's living That's why they got to have so many large. people living there. That's why, because that got Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that, I mean, and even that, and that was also, again, like, that was the one, da- the dad, I mean, obviously it's a sitcom, and, and I think, yes, so to answer your question, yes, I do think that TV played in, like, had a role, um, because, and maybe, maybe there's shows that I'm missing, and maybe they're just shows that I didn't know of or didn't watch, because I, I, I did also watch the Disney Channel a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Even those shows, like I'm, I'm trying to think, most of them that I watched, they were houses. Like they had houses, and they never really talked about like struggling. And they never talked. I know some yeah. sh- some shows did face, you know, they did tackle some issues, maybe bullying, maybe you know, eating disorders. They did tackle things like right. that. And I'm not saying this is something I suffered with every day. Like right. I, I didn't. But like like right now, when I'm thinking shows, you know, what would have been really good to have growing up, at least I think, um, one day at a time. 
Netflix okay. is one day at a time. Yeah, that would have been because good. like, and I, and I still love that show. Hmm. But I, I, you know, now when I compare it, they, you know, it's it's again, it's so it's like it's the mom who's taking care of the kids, and they live in an apartment. They live hmm. in California, right? Yep. California. Yep. They live in an apartment, and she kind of brings up also Wonder Latino. So like, I, I would have related a little bit more then. But they like the mom will kind of like you know she doesn't give them everything. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there an episode where Alex, the boy, in One Day at a Time, doesn't he ask his mom for shoes or something, and she says, I think she tells him that. He he can buy a pair of shoes and later I guess she finds out that like I guess she gives him her credit card or debit card or something and I guess later he she finds out that he bought multiple pairs and so she gets upset and he gets in trouble and then she makes him return all the shoes and I think there's even a confrontation where he's like asking her about her money and her finances and you know like we like he's like questioning like we have money or not or something like that and she kind of has to tell him like hey I'm the provider of this family and what I say goes and so she even like she she tells him like she doesn't really have to explain her financial situation to him and so I think in the end she ends up like letting him keep one pair of shoes that she thought were affordable and so basically she ends up providing she does she provides as a single mother but she doesn't spoil them or you know she explains why it is that they can't have everything that they want so I, I think I would have related to something like that growing up because I think that reflected how I grew up yeah you know? only few shows that I can think of a history that I've kind of tried to go that route of like, I think the the worry for, and I'm not a TV, obviously, writer or anything like that, but I, I think the thought process is we've seen so many few shows like that because also there are, even back in the 80s, some sensitivities that they don't want to be mocking the... Their, oh, like the, working class. Yeah, because I think of shows, like shows in the 70s, like Good Times. Good Times was based on a housing project. Oh, and it was, yeah, it, and it was all based on, like, it was called Good Times, but it's really kind of like, it's talking about their bad times. They're in housing oh. projects. They didn't have a mom and dad, um, okay. but it was still based on just, like, tough times, and they did hit on tough issues. And oh, they okay. talked about racism because it was all uh, yeah. an African-American cast. Yeah. But they talked about racism. It's a Norman Lear show. Norman Lear obviously has done yeah. so many shows, including... Oh, he did one day at a time? One, he did the original one day at a time, and then he oh. was the influencer for this one day oh, at a time that's on wow, now. Okay. Um, of course, All in the Family. All in the Family, okay. um, which was... I didn't, I, I didn't watch it, but I did see some of the episodes of it. Um, it ran into the 70s. Uh, a lot of it also topped on tough issues as well. Yeah. And Archie Bunker, who was, you know, I guess a, as weird as it sounds, it was he was a semi-lovable bigot to an extent. Like people loved him, but the things that they loved to hate him because he was just so bad at things and, and would say things like that. And this was at a time where in TV you could kind of – you can talk about it. Maybe the sensitivities weren't as much there, but they did their, their best, I think, of even going like into the 80s. Yeah, there were very few shows like in the 90s. I'm trying to think of other shows, but a lot of them didn't really. I, I think they just kind of began to fade out. They, they felt like maybe this yeah. people weren't going to watch it because they didn't want to be taught a, a lesson. Yeah, like that. they wanted people to escape from reality yeah. and want, and, then, and maybe in a sense that did work because mm -hmm. maybe sometimes people are struggling and maybe escaping from your struggles, your reality might help to watch this, you know, perfect family live their perfect yeah. lives. You know, may, maybe that does help. I'm not saying it doesn't. I, I know I enjoyed. You know who would it. hit sometimes some topics is the Fresh Prince. Yeah. Even though the Fresh Prince is all, it's based in Bel Air. They're right. rich. They're living in a mansion and things. Right. But I always remember, it's still one of my favorite episodes. I think it's just because of the whole father situation. Yeah. That episode where Will's dad comes back. Oh. And like they're, yeah. like he, like they have their, you know, they start bonding. Yeah. And then at the end, Will's dad is going to leave because he's got a job or whatever. Yeah. And then that scene, like if you just go on YouTube and yeah. go to talk about it. It's been shared a lot too. It's and millions it's still of views. And it's it is still very powerful. powerful. I exactly which scene you're talking about. Yeah. And like, I don't know about you, but for me, since I didn't have my father there, it's like yeah. that scene like got me when I remember when the first time I saw it, 
because it's just it's one of those and it's it's interesting how comedies are the ones that are having to hit the topic whereas you would think that would be a normal for a drama because you're a drama you're supposed to right but but it, it makes more of an impact with the comedy i think so too because you're expecting to laugh and then whoa you get slapped in the face with a real like real world issue that you or someone you know or someone you could know maybe facing i think yeah it definitely has more influence that way and again i think with comedies they i mean they know that their specialty is comedy and they know that they have to focus on the comedy but when you sneak in something real and something something that that's not to laugh about something that people really go through it hits you harder mm-hmm. and i think that's necessary well that was our episode for today Make sure to tell your friends to download and subscribe to our podcast on various podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts, you can go Spotify, Google, everywhere. We're everywhere. And hit us up on social media. On Facebook, we're at KSL Cafecito. On Twitter, we're also at KSL Cafecito. For me, I'm at Shoel Caranas. And I'm at Evie Cruz. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you in 2019. Ciao.